Buying a business and scaling it is not as difficult as you think, and there are too many myths out there that only millionaires can buy and make money off of them. Anybody can buy an existing profitable business and scale it without prior experience, and many times without using their own money. Arturo has started, bought, and sold over 55 plus businesses across 18 industries. He has coached thousands of business owners, individuals, corporate employees, service employees, freelancers, real estate investors, retirees, homemakers, and many others in buying businesses and scaling them, and in doing so, transforming their lives. And you can too. And to help get you started, here is your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. So today I'm going to share with you what I've learned over the last few decades in negotiating hundreds, if not thousands of deals. You know, I have been a student of negotiations all my life, right? I read a book, uh, Chris Voss's book. Uh, it's a great book on negotiating called Never Split the Difference. And I learned a lot from that book. And from then on, I've been a student of negotiations and continue to be a student of negotiations. There's nothing like being in the trenches though. And so I'm going to give you a couple of things that might be a little different than what you've heard before that I think could be very, very helpful to you as you buy businesses because it leads more to win-win scenarios and structures and deals that are amicable and actually are good for not just you, but also the seller. And if you're the seller, that are also good for the buyer. And the very first one is when you're looking at a business, whether you're buying or selling it, how do you look at this negotiation? Because when you use the word negotiation, to me, it implies that there is a contest between two people and they're kind of moving against each other, pushing and pulling to try to get what they want out of something at the cost of the other person, right? A zero-sum game. And so I want to reframe that and tell you that instead of negotiate, you should collaborate. And so what is collaboration? Collaboration is not we're working against each other. It's that we're working with each other with a common goal in mind of achieving something, in this case, the purchase uh, of a business, the sale of a business. So I like to think about like how can I frame my interaction with the person that I am working with in a way that puts us on common ground trying to achieve a common thing. So instead of me trying to buy the car for the cheapest price, which actually might not be fair, and instead of the seller trying to sell me the car for the maximum price, which also might not be fair, I like to think that, hey, we're going to basically move towards the idea of the car being sold. And that's a little bit different of a frame. So when I'm going into buy a business, I'm thinking, how do I help the seller? If I'm the buyer, how do I help the seller get what the seller wants? What could I do that would help the seller get what the seller wants? That doesn't have to be against my interest. My interest is acquiring the business. The seller's interest is selling the business. The seller may or may not have an idea what they want for it. If they have an idea what they want for it, then I'm going to do my best to get them what they want for it as opposed to thinking that I'm going to go in and try to beat them down on the price. The second thing I want to talk about is how do you position yourself? And in our program, we have a whole module on positioning yourself from being a stranger that the seller you know, knows nothing about 
to transforming yourself, evolving into the only buyer that the seller is willing to sell to. So really positioning yourselves in terms of the psychological side of things is really the collaborate versus the negotiate. But there's also physical positioning. So when I go into a room and I'm going to negotiate with somebody and it's set up with two chairs on either side of the table, even a restaurant where there's maybe I'm at a table for four you know, people and the person, it's just two of us, and one person sits directly across from me, you really want to physically be on the same side of the table. So I will move to the side of the table that the seller is on so we can negotiate or better yet, collaborate. We're collaborating now so that we can talk like this with nothing in between us as opposed to being direct across the table from that, right? Every single time. And it actually makes a difference. You'll watch people's body language. They're kind of stiff if they're at the table on the other side and you're staring them down. But instead, you lean back and you don't have defenses and you don't have a barrier, literally a physical barrier between you when you're talking to the person who's sitting right next to you. So that physical positioning, in addition to the psychological position of collaborate, you know, don't negotiate, is very important. Another thing that is kind of an overarching thing to think about is that it is very possible to lose by winning. What do I mean by that? Lose by winning. Well, when I was younger, I went aggressively. I was cutthroat. As I said a minute ago, I would always go aggressively for the best deal and I would beat people down and they would agree to things that they should not agree to. So you can go out there and you can get people to agree to deals that are not fair to them. You can get people to agree to do things that they absolutely cannot do. You never want that. So I would find is I'd get people to do that. And I was pounding my chest, you know, arrogant, like a young kid, right? I was a great negotiator, but then the deals would fall apart. They'd blow up. Not all of them, but, you know, a decent number of them. And I realized that it was because I wasn't doing a deal that was in something like I call the zone of fairness, so to me, within every single deal that you go into, every single negotiation, there's a zone of fairness. And anywhere within that zone of fairness, it's okay to make a deal. And it's a deal that will be good for both of you. Both of you are going to get what you want out of it. So you want to get an idea of what are the boundaries of the zones of fairness on either side. And then I want you to go aggressively collaborate to get the other party to agree on the part of the part of the fairness zone that is best for you. And that's fine. Just don't beat them into agreeing to something that is not fair to them. It's very important. You want them to be happy to do the deal with you. The next thing that I want to talk about is taking the temperature of the room. So take the temperature. What does that mean? That means that you want to know how desperate, motivated, emotional, calm, satisfied, happy, etc. all of the people that are involved in the immediate vicinity of the negotiation. And when you do that, you'll know how far you should go in that particular interaction. Because if emotions are high and negative, generally you're going to be better off to wait for a different time. You're going to be better off saying, hey, look, I want to get all the information here. I want to understand what's going on. I want to understand what you want. I want to understand what are the challenges um, that you see with this and have an understanding and you're really just listening and asking questions to read the room and take the temperature. Because that's going to give you the information that you need 
to figure out how do I collaborate with these people in a way that helps me to get a deal that's within the zone of fairness. The next thing I want to talk about is to play it forward. And this is something that I don't think enough people do think of a negotiation or a collaboration. Like you think about chess. Think about soccer players or hockey players, right? They don't just sit around and wait for the soccer ball to get to them or the puck to get to them. They look for the space. The best soccer players look for the space. The best hockey players look for the space where the soccer ball is going to, where the puck is going to. So you want to play out the scenarios that are being proposed to you in your mind all the way through before you respond. And I say respond as opposed to react because I find that most people in negotiations are reacting. They're not responding. Our response is measured. It's thoughtful and it's intentional because you're playing out all the scenarios in your mind that are being proposed right? You're taking into account all the facts and all the circumstances that are going on. The reaction is a quick emotional reflex, and that's a big difference. So always be measured. Never get caught up in the cadence that's set by somebody else. And be sure that you're playing these out and that you're not being led or guided by your emotions. The next thing I want to talk about is how can you empathize with the people that you are having this collaboration with. So rather than thinking, I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, you know, my needs are my deal. Understanding your ideal outcome actually is very important for you to understand, but then you need to put all of that aside. If you want to get the best deal, you want to find the points of empathy that you can have so that you understand exactly what it is that is of concern to the other side. What is it that they want to get out of the transaction? What are the challenges that they have both financially and emotionally with it? And also, what will their status look like either to themselves or the people that they're working with? When you finish this negotiation, if you can figure out what's important to them, and then you can step into their shoes and empathize with them and say, now my collaboration is to get them what they want, which again, may not be just price, and it very seldom is just price in a deal. There are other things that are driving the deal. So you want to find out these things and even these things that are impacting the price. Because if you can give them higher status or you can get them something else they want, then they very often will find that they didn't care much about the price as much as they thought they did. So it's important to have that type of conversation. Now, we always ask, two questions that we always ask is, why are you selling? And what are you going to do with the money? Those two questions alone can give you so much information as to their intent, their motivation, and give you the tools and understanding so that you can come up with structures that not only satisfy your needs in the deal, but also satisfy their needs in the deal. And suddenly you have a win-win situation that is not necessarily all about the price. Anyways, this is how you can position yourself from being a total stranger to evolving into the only buyer that the seller is willing to sell to. This is how to win any deal. Thank you for listening. If you 
If you love the How to Buy a Business and Scale It podcast, then we know you would love Business Acquisitions Accelerator Program. Here, we have helped thousands of individuals buy profitable existing businesses without having prior experience, and sometimes without using their own money in as little as 90 days, and we guarantee these results. Head on over to www.arturohenriquez.com forward slash BA. And if you want to learn how to scale your business and remove yourself from the day-to-day operations by turning your business into a lean operating machine like over 600 business owners have done, then go to www.arturohenriquez.com forward slash SS. 